Okay. <laughs> Why is... I've done this before. Why this is, is June, uh, June 9th, 2020. This is Caroline, and her. she's bringing a message to us titled, We Are Not of This World. Did you read that upside down? Sorry. Um, so, first of all, I want to ask a question. What do y'all think a lukewarm Christian is? Like, I'm actually asking a question. Matt, what do you think a lukewarm Christian is? A Christian that's not fully into Christ, but not fully into the world. Okay. What do you think a lukewarm Christian is? Lena? Not on fire, but not freezing cold. Mom? To me, I think a lukewarm Christian is somebody who wants the benefits of Christianity but isn't willing to put in the time and the cost to fully benefit from those. Yeah, I think it's someone who's like, oh, it's Sunday, I'll go to church, but like every other day of the week, what are they doing? They're not like, so none of you guys are actually wrong because that's all I mean it's all kind of the same thing when it comes to the lukewarm because you know it's lukewarm um a lukewarm Christian is also considered a worldly Christian um I'm going to be talking about a couple different things worldliness and lukewarm Christianity and stuff like that first we're going to go to Revelation three fifteen through 16 Revelation 3, what? 3, 15 through 16. If you want to use the Bible on my phone, you can. Okay. Is everybody ready? Did you find it, Maddie? <laughs> okay. I know your works. You are... You are neither cold nor hot, with that you were either cold or hot. So, because you are lukewarm and neither hot nor cold, I will spit you out of my mouth. That doesn't sound very pleasant. Literally getting spit out of God's mouth. That would be kind of weird at the same time, but also... Anyways. (laughs) Cold can be useful, hot can be useful, but lukewarm is terrible. Have you ever drank lukewarm coffee? Like, it's disgusting. And if you, like, swim in the lukewarm pool, it just feels like you're sweating. <laughs> but cold it can be useful for ice. There's iced coffee, which tastes good. A co- like, hot outside, you can take a cold shower. If it's cold outside, you can take a hot shower. So, really, both of them can be useful. But lukewarm is just not useful. <laughs> this doesn't even make sense. But Romans 12, too. Do not be conformed to this world. Okay, so first, I before we get into the other half of that, I want to say that we don't want the we. I think my mouth is still numb. <laughs> we don't want to let the world define who we are, because 
if we let this world, the world that is falling into sin, it, okay, that had already fallen into sin, define who we are, then we become sinful. <laughs> then we become then we become a part of this world, and we're not trying to be a part of this world. We don't want to be friends of this world. So we don't want to let the world define who we are. So we have to be careful of what we do. We have to be careful of what we listen to, what we watch, and where do we go, and what you see, what you hear. And so, yeah. And then, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind, that by testing you may discern what is the will of God, what is good and acceptable and perfect. So, what this is saying is God can't force you to be who he wants you to be. I mean, I would think you want to be who he wants you to be because we were created in his image. We were created because he created us. But he, he can't, okay, he can force you, but that's not who God is. He's saying that he wants, I just lost my place. He wants us to make, he's trusting us to make the right decisions. He's trusting us to do what's right and to not do what's wrong and to lead other people to him. But if since he's trusting us, we also have to tr- trust in him back because trust is like a two-way thing. I can't just trust mom without her not trusting me because that wouldn't work. And then... James 4.4. 4. You know... You you not know that friendship with the world is enmity, enmity with God. Therefore, whoever wishes to be a friend of the world makes himself an enemy of God. That doesn't sound very pleasant either, <laughs> because I don't. I definitely don't want to be an enemy of God, the God who can, cr- who created the world with just saying a word, the God with who can. <clears throat> just say something and he can strike something down yeah. like he's the worst enemy of God worse than Thanos <laughs> and so we can't be Christian and have a have friendship with the world I'm not saying we can't have friends on the world because that would just be stupid but if we partner with what is what if we partner with the things in this world then we are, but we're still technically a Christian, then we are considered a lukewarm Christian because that's not how anything works. Because you're either on on fire for God or you're just, you just hate God or whatever. But you can't be in the middle, like being on the fence about something. That's, you either do it or you don't do it. You can't say, I don't know yet, blah, blah, blah. Also, we have to stand up for God's truth. We can't just let people... What is the word? We can't just let people... um, Influence? Well, no. We have to stand up for what we believe in. What is the word? We can't let people like... um, Bully. Bully? Well, yeah, bully. Bully us. 
Um, what I mean by that is, is like, if somebody's talking bad about the Bible, or if they're saying that something's wrong, like, if, let's say, Parson was talking about it, and he's not a Christian or whatever, but he starts talking bad about the Bible, and he's never read the Bible, we have to stand up for what we believe in, because it's the truth. And if we don't do that, then we're also considered a lukewarm Christian. <clears throat> um, we shouldn't be looking for other people's approval, but only God's. We shouldn't be... I shouldn't try and be just like Lena so I can get her approval. I shouldn't be just like anybody else. I shouldn't be just like my brother to get his approval. I shouldn't... I should be... Because if you're putting a person, a moral human, in that place, then you're replacing God and where he should be. Because God should be above of where you're, he should be your, um, he should be what you're seeking after all the time, all the time. But if you put that uh, person in that place of God, then God goes down and then that's not your priority anymore. That's the word, priority. Um, behavior also reflects on your beliefs, also reflects on how you're being a Christian, on if you are a Christian, or if you're a lukewarm Christian, or if you're a cold Christian. Like, we have to be careful of what we do. Especially if there's people around us that are that are Christians and they're trying to grow up in that because then they can get confused of what because earlier I was being a jerk to Lena, so I apologize for that. But if other people are around us and they see how we act, then they get confused because they thought that we were supposed to be good and we were supposed to help each other and love each other and blah blah blah. But I should say, etc. etc. Anyways, um, but if we go and be rude to everyone else, and they see that, then they're like, "What do I do now?" Because I don't know what to do. Because then it's like they're going two different directions. Because, like a come, kill me. Yeah. Chameleon. Chameleon. Whatever. Like their eyes go two different ways, but that's an animal. But it's really hard for one of us to do it. Yes. Okay. <laughs> Anyways, sorry that I scroll. My bad. Um, it's like you can't. Your eyes can't go two different ways. They can't do that. Your brain is getting confused. Anyways, so. Mm-hmm. We can be a Christian, a lukewarm Christian. We can go into church, can pray, we can worship, we can do all that stuff. But when, if they walk out, and if we walk out, and we're a completely different person, we're just hateful, and we're just not who a Christian is supposed to be, and you can go live your life wrongly without any conviction then that's all that's like oh i'm a christian for show because god is not a show but if we are being a christian 
for getting attention for oh hey people more people looked at me today that's cool that's not what you're supposed to be doing you're supposed to you you want people to look at you the way and see god in you they don't you don't want people to look at you and they're just doing it for show and they're just doing it to get attention you want people to you want people to be able to see you as somebody that can okay not somebody but I think y'all get the point. That's hard to explain. Hypocrisy is the thing that Jesus got angry about the most Mm -hmm. with the Pharisees because everything they did, they did for show, for man's glory, not for God's glory, right? Mm -hmm. Also, there's, I think a deceiver kind of goes along with this lesson today. Um, Like a deceiver from the kingdom of darkness, from the devil. It's really hard because... This is going to be an example. I don't know. Y'all may laugh at this, but... It's like a deceiver is a fishing pole. And then the Christians or the people who don't know what to do are confused are the fish swimming in lukewarm water. And the deceiver is baiting that fish and the fish is, like, nibbling at it. And then he's like, do I do this or do I not do this? Or And then the deceiver keeps baiting him, baiting him, baiting him. And finally... If this Christian doesn't, isn't a well-grounded spiritual Christian, then they go up for the bait, and then the deceiver sets the hook, and then the hook is in their mouth. And then it's really hard to get, it's really hard for a fish to get out of a hook if somebody's not physically, literally getting it out. I mean, it's happened before, but you get the point. So, yeah. Um, you can also tell if you or someone close to you is leaning towards worldliness if they have no spiritual growth. I'm going to read 1 Corinthians 1, 3. One, one through three, sorry. But I, brothers, cannot address you as spiritual people, but as people of the flesh, as infants in Christ. I fed you with milk, not solid food, for you are not ready for it. And you even now, you are not ready. For you are still of the flesh. For while there is jealousy and strife among you, are you not of the flesh and behaving only in a human way? Where are you at? 1 Corinthians 3, 1-3. Sorry. If I did not make that clear. Um, so, basically, all these are pretty self-explanatory, but Christianity is like the cycle of life, almost. Because once you are new to Christianity, you're a baby. You're just a small little thing. And you are just getting into Christianity. And then as you start growing you're a kid then you're a teenager then life goes on (laughs) and but what he's saying here is because is because they're lukewarm christians they're not getting any growth they're not spiritually growing in how they should be 
So he has to talk to them as they are as they are in the flesh because they're not doing anything because they're not ready for solid food. They don't have their teeth yet. <clears throat> um if we are driven by the things of this world and not by God, the things of this world can drive you away or down. It's like a roller coaster. You're getting your Go, it's like you're on a streak of God. You're going up the roller coaster, and then you fall into te- temptation, and then you go down. And then you, and then the deceiver comes along when you're down already, and then they bait you, and then you take the bait, and then you go even further down. And it's really hard to get back from that. But you can get back from that if you trust in the Lord and if you repent of your sins. I don't know if that was long enough, but... No, that's fine. So, um, I think that was really good, and I think that uh, it's a great message for today, too, because how often, you know, do we feel like we're, we're doing great because we're going to church, and we, like, kind of pat ourselves on the back, and we're like, you know, I'm... I'm a big Christian. I go to church. I, I go to worship. I go to prayer. You know, I say prayers on my own. I'm, I read my Bible every now and then. I'm, I mean, I'm a good Christian. And I think, you know, that in and of itself can be really deceptive because the goal is not a title, but the goal is relationship. God wants and desires relationship with each of us. And the only way that we get that is just like what what we're all doing now when we get together and we talk to each other we spend time with each other that's relationship and in a relationship can only go one of two ways it can either fizzle out or it continues to grow and strengthen and get more intimate and when I say intimate I'm not talking about sexual intimacy I'm talking about you just you are bonded together in a like a covenant type relationship you trust each other your trust continually builds your vulnerability continues to increase it's okay you you there's this trust there that you can be vulnerable with one another you can share from the heart and so relationship goes one of two ways and so you know i can say that i know someone until i'm blue in the face but if i'm not spending time with them i don't truly know them well it's the same thing with our christian walk we can go to church we can read scripture but if we aren't actually actively participating in relationship with the lord if we're always the one talking and never listening to him if we're never trusting him eventually that relationship is going to fizzle out and when it fizzles out we are extremely vulnerable to deception by the enemy just like you were saying so i think that's really good one of the points you made, you had um, mentioned something about um, being on the fence about our, our faith and basically being indecisive. And one of the things that I've discovered is that Satan pretty much owns the fence. What I mean by that is if we are not <clears throat> decisively and intentionally choosing God, if we are in a position of, I don't really know where I stand, Satan kind of owns that territory, and he will absolutely bank on that territory. 
he will take advantage of it and he will use every opportunity to convince you to go the opposite direction of, of the kingdom of heaven. And so we want to be very careful. Go ahead. Um, also, there's, I forgot what it was, but it, it was something Matthew 21 or something. No, I mean, and James, faith without works is dead. That does go along with this because if you are a Christian and you have faith or whatever, oh, I believe this is going to happen, and you don't do anything about it, mm-hmm. you don't, you just sit there and kind of like, you know, whatever. Mm-hmm. It's without works, which means it's dead. So your faith doesn't work if it's not without, if it's, if it's, if it's without works, it's dead. Yeah. And also, everybody's also entitled to their own opinion. Every, like, if you, you know, I believe that homosexuality is a sin and like murder and stealing and stuff like that. But I can't force people to believe what I believe in because if I do that, then they're just gonna be pushed away mm-hmm. because right. they're gonna say this. No, a Christian doesn't do that, you know. Because they're like last year. I have an example of this. Me and my friend were so we were hanging out, and then with our other friend, and we were just talking about stuff and God created the world and blah blah. blah. And this other friend, he doesn't believe in God. He just doesn't know how the world got here, so he's confused. And me and this other friend were explaining to him about this other stuff, and then we were talking about it. And then we were just talking about, and we were like, do you believe homosexuality is bad? And then he was like, I mean, not really, because, I mean, I don't really know, because he's not a Christian. But me me and that other friend couldn't force that onto him, because then we would just push him away. So everybody's entitled to their own opinion. Even if it's wrong, the best thing you can do is be the best person and the nice person you can be and try and help them. But you can't force that onto them. Well, and, you know, I'm really glad that you brought that up because, you know, it's... Jesus didn't go around publicly shaming sinners he never did that in fact he almost protected them when you think about the woman at the well the adulterous woman who was apparently caught in the act of adultery and these pharisees brought her to the basically the public square and and were getting ready to stone her to death because she was caught in the act of adultery by the way where's the man she was caught in adultery with the man was not brought to be stoned to death who was caught in adultery just the woman was brought and so this was a total injustice in in that she was being accused and about to be put to death but yet the man completely went free but that's not the issue the issue is when she was brought publicly Jesus didn't join with the others and say yeah she's an adulterer She's an adulteress. She was caught having sex with another man that wasn't her husband, and she's wrong, and da-da-da. He wasn't shaming her publicly. What he did is he actually called out everyone else and said, whoever is without sin can cast the first stone. And one by one, they all walked away and left, and there he is left alone with her privately. And he then addresses the sin. He then, but actually before that, he basically delivers the message of the cross to her. 
and tells her, you can be free from this, go and sin no more. So when we come into situations where someone doesn't believe the truth of the gospel, when someone isn't sure if homosexuality is wrong or if someone who's walking in homosexuality and I've been guilty of this before, of not really delivering the true gospel message. And I tried to stand in place of judge over them and tried to shame them and condemn them for walking in sin. But here I am, a sinner. And so we really want to take this message of the gospel and look at how Jesus responded to people who were walking in sin who didn't yet know the Lord. He honored them. He loved them. And he showed much grace and mercy to them. And privately and respectfully showed them the love of Christ. So we are called to do the same thing. We are called to show that same love, grace, and mercy. Sure, our hearts should be grieved by the sin that our hearts should grieve for the soul of the sinner. Does that make sense? So let's talk about then some situations. Have you ever been in a situation where you knew someone, whether they were a Christian or not, but were walking in sin? How did you handle that situation? And it's okay. I mean, this is a trusted group here. It's okay. Did you handle it appropriately? Did you handle it biblically? And if you did, how did it turn out? If you didn't handle it biblically, how did it turn out? I'll share real quick that to kind of open up the, the way. I have a person in my family who supports abortion. And I called this person out and told them that they weren't raised this way and that they should know better and that what they're doing is wrong because they participated in, you know, uh, rallies and whatnot. And it angered me. And I condemned them. And I did not handle it the way that Jesus would have handled it. And it absolutely pushed this person away and probably burned every possible bridge that could have been used to share the love of Jesus. It absolutely broke the relationship. So that's one incidence for me that I had to learn from. I had to repent to this person and confess and seek their forgiveness. And I had to repent to God. Because that's not how, that's not how Jesus would have handled that situation. The only time he publicly condemned anyone was with the Pharisees who were hypocritical and full of pride and greed and were blaspheming the house of God for their own personal gain. That's the only time that he publicly condemned someone. So think of a situation. Is there a time where either you handled it the right way or not the right way, and what was the result? I'll say one time when I was still, like, in, I just got to middle school, so I was in sixth grade, and we were having PE class. Well... There was this one girl that I was really good friends with, but I knew she wasn't a Christian. And a couple times the conversation got brought up. Well, one time I was like, yeah, like, yeah, I, I really want you to be a Christian. And that way I can, like, share the gospel with you more and more. And that way we can, like, be really close and everything. 
Well, she was like, well, I just really don't want to talk about it right now. And she just kind of like kept on pushing it off, pushing it off. But I never actually like told her the gospel because I was wanting her to read on her own and I wasn't really helping her at all. And, yeah. and she's like not a Christian now. Yeah. And she's like far away from God. So. so what do you think you could have done differently? I could have actually like shared to her like John three sixteen, like God loves you and not just like, oh yeah, you can read it on your own time. And this is a great place where your testimony comes in, too. And again, it may be appropriate to share your entire testimony. It may be appropriate that you, you share bits and pieces of your testimony. Um, in uh, 2 Corinthians, I believe, in chapter 2, maybe, it talks about how our testimony is a fragrance. That our testimony, that, that we are, our lives are a walking testimony to those around us. So while we may not, you know, what what society calls Bible thumping. We may not slam them with scripture after scripture, but our life and how we live and how we love is preaching the gospel. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. That was awesome. Thank and you. I, I'm, if that ever happens to you again, there's, what is that verse where it's like God yearns jealously for you to come to him or whatever? Are you talking about in Isaiah? I don't remember, but it's some scripture like that. I'm not, you know, just saying. That's a good example. Okay, anybody else? I'm, go for it. No, you go ahead. I had a friend in Texas who, like, disagreed with us a lot. And we, instead of just, like, trying to love her and stuff like that, we forced it on her. In a way, we, she would stand there, and one of us would walk around preaching to her, one of us would be singing gospel music. One of us would just be reading the Bible and, like, just yelling at her and condi condemning her. And, like, for a while she did it just because we wanted to. We wanted her to. And so she would, like, you know, want to read the Bible with us and stuff because she felt like that's how she had to, like, that's what she had to do for us to be friends with her and to love her. And, like, now she's not... Like, that's changed a lot because she's, like, I guess she's just mad that we forced it on her. And she knows that that's not what love is and stuff like that, so. Maybe we should call her. I still talk to her. It's just she doesn't believe that anymore. Well, it may be, it, you're right, though. It may be appropriate for repentance to take place and apologies to, to take place. But And how do you feel knowing? Because I know that, like, in my heart with this family member, when God revealed to me the harm that I did, I mean, I'm not kidding. I flat out ugly cried. I just like almost sick to my stomach, just bawling at the thought that I turned this person further away from Jesus than I ever could have let her in how I, in how I handled the situation. And that hurts so badly to know that I may have been the reason that somebody stumbled and, and fell away from the Lord. Like, that is scary. So, you were going to share something? No, I was going to. I want to do something. Hmm? I want us to do something. Oh, okay. Go for it. I would like it if everybody would go around and say what they got out of this. To just start conversation or whatever. I mean, not that we are. So, who would like to go first? 
Was that? Did you raise no. your hand? I'm gonna choose somebody if one of y'all doesn't. Okay. Thank you, Lena. And that's hard because, like, when you have the answer, when you know the truth, like, you want. You're like, where self control comes in. Yeah, you, but you're like. A lot. You want people to know the truth, you want them to have the truth. But it's how we garner that energy, how we garner that, you know. It's how we tell them. Yes. It's all in the way we do it. That's right. We have to have our self-control. But if there's something that you can do without them hating you for it and pushing them away, then you should do it. And there comes a time and a place where we need to speak truth boldly and directly. We really need to rely on Holy Spirit's guidance for that. Very seldom are we going to need to just come out and say, you're wrong and this is what scripture says. Very seldom will that be the effective way. Again, let's look to Jesus. One of the few times that he actually did that was against the Pharisees when they were publicly defaming the house of the Lord and they were publicly displaying mm-hmm. themselves as hypocrites yeah. and, 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 and publicly displaying their greed. And they were supposed to be leaders and representatives of the house of God. <laughs> but almost every other time, the way that he approached incorrect thinking was with so much love and humility and honor. And so we really just need to use that as our guide. What so. would Jesus do? Yes. And, and yeah, and that's a cliche, but at the same time, it's so true. So. Bibi? There's a name. What is it? He would love for us to meet. Awesome. I love that. Yeah. Just had on that I forgot one. Sorry. Do you want us to come back to you? Yes. Trinity? Kind of just like knowing what to say to people that aren't Christians. Mm-hmm. And like listen. And just... mm-hmm. That's a good point though, because also you have to listen and try and understand what what's going through. Because they have they could have gone through some like terrible tragedy or something, and that yeah, and then they just not know because they didn't grow up that way. So you have to also try and understand. You have to be loving to them. Well, it's 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 about relationship, not about being right. Yeah. And that's something that I've had to learn even as an adult. It's more important to seek relationship than it is to seek being right. Even if what I believe it truly is right. That can be hard for people with dominant personalities. You know, it's relationship. That's relationship is what's going to draw someone to the kingdom. Do you have it now? One of mine is that you have to protect God's word. Mm-hmm. And then another one is that our actions, a lot, well, sometimes, and anyways, our actions can speak louder than our words. Mm-hmm. So we need to act like, yeah, I love Jesus. We need to act mm-hmm. like we are Christians, not mm-hmm. just, oh, yeah, we're Christians, and then go on. Like, mm-hmm. Because we want people to see that we're followers of God because of how we like we have to love everyone because it's God's creation because God created them so that's good you have it yeah okay so like when you're trying to like minister to someone or like talk to them about 
Jesus and like you're going to church on Sundays but like what she said about how your words need to line up with your actions you can't just go see someone if you're not really following God mm-hmm. awesome. yeah because that's going to just totally destroy the message you're trying to send mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. not just our actions so our words too I mean our words obviously I'm not saying that you were wrong just so you know I'm just saying what is that verse Proverbs something or other about s- work. No. Yeah. Slower. Proverbs eighteen twenty one. Words kill. Words give life. Either poison or fruit you choose. So also, I want to discuss something else because you brought something. Just with everything going on, it's again, it's June 9th, two thousand and twenty. We have experienced in the first six months of this year a global pandemic, COVID-19. We have experienced a massive media frenzy of disinformation. We have experienced lies. We have experienced um, just confusion, chaos, fear, anxiety. Um, All kinds of things have come up in this year already. And then the uh, black gentleman in Georgia that was gunned down, um, whether it was right or not, and then which sparked some violence. And then we have George Floyd in uh, Minneapolis that was killed by the police, which was an absolute injustice, um, <clears throat> which has sparked massive rallies and protests and riots, not just in Minneapolis, but all across the entire world. Um, so... there are a lot of injustices in this world and and when you like I one of the things I think about Carolyn you said something that made me think of this Um, you know when we have refugees from other parts of the world that are trying to come into the United States granted some of those people that are coming in have no good intentions for this country and are coming in for the purposes of carrying out evil but then a large portion of those people coming or, or trying to come into America genuinely are seeking freedom. And so you hear people say, Christians, talking about they need to go back to where they came from. They shouldn't have tried to bring their children here. They shouldn't be here. They have no right to be here. <clears throat> when you look at... There are genuine people in these rallies and protests who genuinely are seeking justice for the major injustices that their family members and ancestors have experienced. Racism is real. It has happened for thousands of years. We read about it in scripture. Those are things that are real, but then you have people from this quote-unquote Christian community Mm -hmm that are actually saying very hateful and hurtful things to people who were in the protest. Granted, there are people in the protest who are hijacking them and they're trying to carry out evil intentions through the protest. But then there's also people that are there that are genuinely seeking justice for their people. As believers, how do we respond to all of this stuff? You know, we can't deny that black people have experienced major injustice. None of us are black. None of us have been in their shoes. None of us have experienced driving down the street and getting pulled over and automatically being assumed we did something wrong because of the color of our skin. These are real things that actually happen. 
That's not to say that there are blacks who do actually carry things out that are wrong and illegal. It's You know what I'm saying? So it's like, where do we as believers, where do we stand on this, and how are we supposed to respond to situations like this? That's my question. Are you actually asking the question? Actually asking that question. Let's have the discussion. I would like to love with God and just... Mm-hmm. Out of love and self-control and not in a place of I'm judge, not in a place of I'm better than you mm-hmm. because we were all created equally. Mm-hmm. And, and this even includes the LGBTQ community. Many times I've heard Christians and times I've actually participated in making jokes about it, putting them down. Like, where is the heart of Jesus when it comes to all of this, like, are we supposed to completely reject them? Ooh, they're gross. Ooh, I don't want to have anything to do with them. The sin itself is disgusting. And scripture tells us that God despises these things. But where is his heart for that person? It's his desire that all be reconciled to him. That includes people who carry out injustice. That includes people who are walking in homosexuality. That includes people who are carrying out abortion and marching in pro-abortion rallies. Do you believe that the heart of Jesus grieves for the person who has the abortion? Mm -hmm. Yes, his heart grieves for the baby, for sure. But does his heart also grieve for the person who's having the abortion? Does his heart grieve for the person who's committing homosexuality? What is his desire for them? He yearns jealously for them. He absolutely he does. He wants them. That's right. Like that video that I took of, that you took like three years ago of me. You know, the one Jesus loves you. Yes. And he wants you to be right. a child of the king. That's right. So if you, when we see these things... Even when no one's looking, maybe we're in a private circle and there's only two or three of us and people start making fun of people who are participating in homosexuality or people start making racial jokes. Where do we stand? Are we going to participate in that? Are we going to laugh at those jokes? Or are we going to say, this is wrong? And Jesus loves them just as much as he loves you and me. And this is where it gets really difficult being a Christian because there are Christians who are doing these things. And when we stand up for those things, there will be Christians who will mock you, make fun of you, and actually even condemn you for speaking love for these people. It's really hard. Like when you have a family member doing that and you're trying to stand up for what God says, Mm -hmm. but you also don't want that family member to be like, oh, I don't like like you, so you stand up for that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, there's been a lot of division coming up because a large majority of conservative Christians are against foreigners coming into this country. Now they'll say they should do it legally. And I agree with that to a degree. A lot of these refugees genuinely are seeking freedom. They are under severe persecution. In other parts of the world, women literally 
are so mistreated, they can't go out in public without a male representative from the, they can't even answer their own door without a male representative being in their home in a lot of these Muslim countries. When they go in public, the woman has to walk three to six feet behind the man. They can't go out without full burqa. They can't go out without their head being covered. They aren't allowed to drive. Like there's a lot of injustices. There are people in Muslim countries who are seeking the truth and become Christians and their very own families will throw acid on them and burn them alive and will kill them or attempt to kill them or physically abuse them or kick them out of their houses because they choose God over Allah. Would you not want to seek freedom from that? So there are a lot of injustices taking place in these other countries, and these people are seeking freedom from a lot of that. A lot of these countries are so poor and so oppressed that they can't, they can't live freely in these countries, and they want to come to America because they've heard all the good about America. And then what happens when they get to the border? They hear Christians yelling at them, go home, you don't belong here. Da, 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 da. Well, how is that showing the love of Christ? And I used to be a part of that group who was shouting those very things. But if we're not going to care for individual souls, then, I mean, are we really, where do we stand? You know what I'm saying? It gets hard. And, Maddie, I agree with you. It is very hard. There are families being torn apart because of this very thing. It is not Christian to make fun of homosexuals. It is not Christian to say that these people shouldn't be allowed in America. By the way, none of us are originally from America. Like, this land is not ours. No land is ours. All land belongs to God. And he'll give it to whom he wants. So, there's just, there are a lot of hot topic issues today that can make it very difficult to stand up and be a Christian. And there are a lot of hot topic issues that are forcing us to discover where do we really stand as believers. So, I just wanted to bring all of that up. And does anybody else have any other thoughts or anything pressing on their heart? One last question Does Christianity align with a particular political party? No. What do y'all think? Okay, how so? I mean, originally our country was based around the Bible, not our own opinions. If you have something based on the Word of God, then it is in line with the Word of God. Mm -hmm. People took that and changed it and changed their views and stuff. That's not in line with the Word of God. So are there is there a particular political party that should as Christians, is there a particular political party that we should automatically align with? Whichever one God is being put first, yeah. I would say that's probably the closest closest answer. Are there things that are done in the Republican Party that are not necessarily Christian? Yeah. Yes. Yeah? 
God is, is beyond political party lines. God is beyond racial lines. He's beyond demographic lines. He's beyond national boundaries. And our, the one thing I want to end on, our citizenship is first and foremost of the kingdom of God. We are Christians before we're Americans. We're Christians before we're white. We're Christians before we're conservative. We're Christians before we're Republican or whatever it may be. So let's walk that out, right? Very good discussion. Very good lesson, Caroline. Thank you very much. Does anybody else have any last words? Good job.